You are listening to the Anna Brandt Podcast for the year 2022. Anna Brandt has been a professional photographer for over 22 years and has taught worldwide in over 32 countries and continues to educate in person and online. My name is Ava Brandt and I am happy to welcome you to the third season of my mom's podcast channel. We hope you subscribe and stick around. My name is Anna Brand, and today we have a special episode for my podcast. I just wrapped up four days of working in my eighth edition of the Baby Academy. I have eight students here from around the U.S. and one from out of the country. For the previous seven academies that we did, we had provided this schedule before COVID. And then when COVID happened, we had to put everything on hold. Last year, I was able to successfully complete seven Academy workshops with over 70 students from around the world. The point of the Baby Academy is to spend four days in an intensive training in which the focus is not only on newborn photography, but on life goals in regarding to your business and personal life, as well as going over marketing, pricing, of course, posing, lighting, and all the things that you need to do. I chose four days because I do have a four-day work week. Tuesday through Friday are the days that I work in my studio. Now, that doesn't mean I don't work other days. I do. But quite often, I reserve those additional days for travel or just some days off. So the majority of my work in a regular week is done over the course of four days. When I designed the academy, it was based on that, that Every day you would come in with a specific amount of repetition, coming in, starting the day, doing newborns, and then continuing on working on other areas of your business. It's based on repetition and the fact that we show the same lighting in various sets to the point that when students come in each day after each day, they get more and more comfortable in their settings, exposure, posing, angles, and just overall workflow and delivery. As a newborn photographer, I believe that you need consistency. I say all the time that consistency is the key to success. I believe that you need to do the same types of workflows over and over and over again to fine tune your process. I also believe that there's no finite end to this creative world. I believe that it takes a journey. It takes a lifetime to kind of work through the process in your brain, understand your style figure out your goals. And that depends on where you are in your career. The eight students that I have in my studio are all at different points in their career. Some are just starting out. Some are switching from another particular job. Some are still building their family and others are on their second or third career. I believe that whatever part of your journey that you are in, you can create attainable goals, but you need to understand how to achieve those goals. And you also need to stop comparing yourself to others and focus on your own journey and your own process. And how we get to those goals is a very personal experience. With that being said, I wanted to sit down and just interview the students. This is the first time we've done this. They don't really know what I'm going to ask or what to expect. Okay, let's have the students introduce themselves. They'll say their name and what area they live in or work in. Hi, my name is Stephanie. I'm a newborn photographer in San Diego. My name is Ashley. I'm a aspiring newborn photographer in Washington State. Hi, I'm Yi. I'm from Orange County, California. I'm a newborn photographer. 
Hi, my name is Olivia. I am from Tempe, Arizona, and I am a newborn family and baby photographer. I'm Tori, and I live in the Seattle area. Hi, I'm Angie. I'm from San Diego, and I'm also an aspiring newborn photographer. Hi, I am Laura Ochoa, and I am from the San Jacinto area, Inland Empire, and I am a wedding photographer that's transitioning to newborn and maternity. Hi, I'm Hiro Okunishi, and I live in Bangkok, Thailand, and I'm an aspiring uh, newborn photographer as well. So I'm just going to throw some questions out there and just get some feedback from them. So one of the questions that I want to ask is people are always afraid to take workshops. One of the questions I get almost every single day from various forms of media, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, or email is people will say, I don't have any experience. Can I go to your workshop? And I say, of course, because it's not about what you know, it's about what I know. But people are still very intimidated. They, maybe if they haven't held a baby or they haven't wrapped a baby, they're afraid to go to a workshop because the expectation is that they're going to look dumb, that um, other people are going to maybe look down that they don't know enough. You're just, you just don't know what you don't know. So with that being said, I'm going to ask you, were you worried about the knowledge that you have attending an academy? Were you worried that you maybe didn't know enough or didn't have enough experience? Or if you do have a lot of experience, were you worried that it wouldn't be advanced enough or it would be too much basic knowledge? Or if none of those things apply to you, what were you worried about or what was your apprehension before taking this academy? Yes. The main reason that I have hesitation taking the workshop is you know that's always so much noise outside that telling you what is best and what is not good for you for me is i hear people talking oh and a brand is you know some people say some not very good thing about her and um i came here anyways because i can't find a refund button after i pay for the workshop <laughs> <laughs> and i came here with a really kind of judging mine coming in for the first hour and I sat here and listened to this woman an hour in she just she, I love her <laughs> you are great and one thing I want to say to people who's listened to this don't listen to nobody I didn't know who Anna Brand was um, I came here with a judging mind, but within an hour, she changed my mind. Um, yeah, I learned a lot and I love you. Aww, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Well, I had apprehension at the beginning. So I started off by taking one of your online courses and I wanted to watch you and see how you were teaching because... I have a very short attention span. I'm 100% a millennial. Okay. And I was like, and if I can't sit through one of her online courses, I can't do one of her in-person courses. I'm going to die. Sure. And then I decided to come to a, I, I looked at your courses and I'm like, which one's the soonest and which one's the cheapest? Got it. Because if I was going to come in in person and again, I didn't know, I wanted to come in and do the cheapest one to see you know, just how sure. we vibe. Sure. Because Absolutely. I think that's a 
a really important thing. And I have Absolutely. a really strong personality. Yes. So you either love me or you hate me. Got it. And I have a lot of people that hate me. And, and you know, some people love me. <laughs> but I wanted to make sure we vibed before I did the four days. And the minute I came in, I was like, oh, I like her. She's kick-ass. Because <laughs> you're a no BS kind of person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're not going to sit there and treat someone that doesn't know their camera like they're dumb. Right. You're not going to sit there and over explain your ISO and your aperture. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is why this and this. Mm -hmm. You're like, this is what you need to know for what you are doing here, period. Correct. Like, if you want technical 101, go take a photography class in the college. If you want, you know, newborn, hands on Mm -hmm. what you need to know to get the job done, 100% come to Anna. Good. Okay, so question. What is your... What is the best part about the newborn industry and what is the worst part about the newborn industry? Someone says, gosh, I really want to be a newborn photographer. And they said, what do you think about being a newborn photography? What's the best part of it and what's the worst part of it? I think the worst part is the cattiness that exists in every industry, not just in the newborn industry. Sure. But there's people that think they know better okay and that are going to criticize you because they're haters okay but the best part is also the amazing people you find within right Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. just in this class like i know this little tribe that we've created Mm -hmm. we're going to be friends forever yeah they're stuck with me whether i like it or not (laughs) and we're going to support each other sure and you find that i know not all your students are going to be women, but sure. you do find that woman empowerment and you yes. find good people. Yes. But then on the other side, you do have those catty people that are like, oh, you just did this. Yeah. And they don't even know because they saw it on Instagram and they weren't even in person. You're like, I didn't do that. That's right. not what was going on. Got it. You don't have no idea. Got it. Anyone else? What's the question? The question is, what is the best part about the newborn industry and what is the worst part? I- are you sure? I would say the best part, other than the baby snuggles, mm-hmm. because that's obviously the best part, is um, getting to be very creative. Every session is different. You get to pull different things in. You can go anywhere and find a prop or an accessory. And just being able to be super creative and make different things for different vibes is always fun for me. Mm-hmm. Um I would agree with you about the worst part being like the cattiness and the competition, but um, I don't really feel that here Mm -hmm. and at all. And so that's been really, really nice. But I would say outside like people, it's, it's scary to break into um, in the beginning because you need a lot of help to work in with newborns. You need to learn how to safely handle them and pose them. um, And, when with other, I think, other industries in the photography, you can kind of look on YouTube and figure things out. But with newborns, you really need hands-on experience to make sure that you're doing everything correctly. Um, and so without a class like this, it can be hard to do that properly. Correct. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Awesome. And, you know, after these four days, these photographers have formed a nice little bond and it makes me smile because I think that having friendships is important, right? With Facebook now, right? You're friends, but you're not friends. You know, it's, it's, I wish Facebook would actually come up with a different word besides friends, right? Because, because it, it, 
it makes you think, oh, we have all these friends. But to me, a friend is if I can call you in the middle of the night crying or I need you to pick me up because my tire blew or I need to just talk to you about something. To me, that's obviously what a friend is, right? So with social media, it's it's really hard. We you, it can be very lonely, right? It can be very lonely, especially because when you're working, you're kind of working by yourself unless you have a staff or an assistant. But the photography process itself, it's you're working with a camera and it can be very lonely. Just like I've said before, recording podcasts can seem so lonely because it's usually just Alex and I in a room and me talking to a microphone. And and when I'm doing these podcasts, I feel like no one is listening. And when the photographers are putting their work on social media, you feel like nobody is watching your work, right? We want instant gratification. We want the double tap. We want the comment. But what I've learned over the years is the people that are usually commenting or liking my work are other photographers. My clients will come in and say, oh, I saw what you did on Instagram and I love it. And I'll be like, but did you, you know, double tap? And they'll be like, well, I loved it. And I told all my friends and I'll be like, but so you didn't actually double tap on the image. And they'll be like, well, of course, I love your work. And I'm like, okay, so there was no dabble tapping. So there was no heart. And I've said this so many times because it's like a hundred percent true. My clients will look at me like I'm, I have 10 heads. Like, what are you talking about? I've told like everyone I know, and they're all coming to you. The reason I say that is because so many photographers will say like, oh, I don't have a lot of likes on Facebook, or I don't have, you know, a lot of love on Instagram and, you know, no one's really seeing my work. And I'm like, but they are, they are. And I felt this way for years where I would put out videos on YouTube and thought no one was watching. And I would post images and I would think no one is watching. And then my clients will come in and they'll know everything about my kids. They'll be like, oh, I saw that Evan just came back from Morocco. And I saw that Olivia's in Santa Barbara. And they'll, they'll know all this stuff about me or, or the work that I'm doing. Quite often they'll go, oh, I saw that you and Alex came back you know, from New York at 3 a.m. And I'll be like, how did you even know that? And they'll be like, oh, I was following you. And they may not say it, they may not comment on it, but they're very much watching you. And it is a very lonely world. So to see you guys connect and talk, and I know many Academy students connect afterwards and some of you are already collaborating and shoots, it's very, very, very important. So I think that um, one of the things I wanna talk about is, how, what are you going to do differently now that you've left here? And, and going back to the loneliness, does it, do you feel that, you know, photography is very lonely? Do you feel that you don't have enough friends in the industry that you can really trust? That's kind of part one of the conversation. And then part two is what are you, how are you going to see or do things differently now that you've been here? So let's focus on the first friendships. Do you have, feel like you have a good amount of, of friendships in the industry or do you feel like you're kind of solo? Do you feel like you have a lot of support at home or do you feel like, no, you, you don't, where are you in this part of your journey? I'll go. I don't, I didn't have any photographer friends until now. I don't think. But today it's different because I have seven other photographer friends forever. And I really mean it. It feels very genuine and, and, and real. We've only spent four days together in our whole entire life. And we've connected in a way that I can't explain. It's, it was this journey that we all took on together. Oh my gosh, you're gonna make me cry. 
I do have some photographer friends, um, but what I can say from this group of amazing women is you guys are completely open and honest with everything that I have asked. Like, how do you run your business? Whatever I need help and when I ask for advices, that just tell me, like, the honest, the most honest answer. There's no, like, competing mind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They just tell me straight out, yeah, this is what I do. This mm-hmm. is, you know, even, like, I, I have some photographer friends that I'm, I was, I am hesitate to ask, like, hey, how do you charge? Mm-hmm. How much do you charge? But with this group, to just say, yeah, I charge this and this and I this much. Like, it's just so comfortable like, mm. and open. Yes. And I feel like, there's just no competition like mm-hmm. amongst us, mm-hmm. you know, like we're just a group of women who want to raise each other up. Mm-hmm. Is that raise each other? Yeah, it's more of a safe place to talk because yes. I think you're, you know, for those listening, these eight photographers had never met before today, correct? None correct. of you had ever met. Yeah. So they're, you know, it's Alex and I joke from time to time, we're going to put all the cameras in and make our own reality show, but you guys have never met before, um, but I think the common um, the common denominator is it's a safe place, right? That you should be able to ask anything, even though some of you are right next door. You were going to say something, Stephanie? Yes. One thing I've noticed is I'm fairly new to photography, so I've tried a couple different, <clears throat> excuse me, types of photography to figure out what I really loved. And I did notice in all of the other niches that I've tried there's been kind of cattiness about people not wanting to share locations or how they got that shot. But what I've noticed with newborn photography is every newborn photographer that I've met has been so willing to help and just wanting to bring the other newborn photographer up, send clients my way. There's just something different about newborn photography. And most of those students have gone to Anna. So I don't know if it's people that are attracted to her academies or what she teaches, but it's like a community once you're in the newborn photography world. And I, I love the fact that I've met seven personally that I can even feel are closer to my friends. But I've just, I love the community in newborn photography. Perfect. Yes. Angie. Yeah. Okay, uh, question was about loneliness and about photography. And I think um, I belong to several phot- photographic clubs before COVID. Uh, I did landscapes and portraits and so on. And then uh, for the last two years, it's been um, online and I wanted to learn how to do newborn photography. So I was looking online and then I found Anna and went to the baby clinic and I realized that you really can't replace the Zoom, the learning online with the Mm hands-on and with the support. And Anna will actually tell you what settings to use, tell you, um, guide you through the shots, guide you through the posing, guide you through the camera, um, guide you in every way and even take a hold of the camera if you're doing it wrong. She's extremely patient and very supportive. And this academy, I'm so happy that I did it um, for the four days. The reason I might have been on the fence was looking at the cost and and that was my only reservation as I don't have a regular income. I'm retired and I'm a more mature person in the group. But um, 
If you're on the fence about doing anything with Anna for newborn photography, for maternity, for anything at all, if you're on the fence for any reason, any reason, I want to say to you, there's no excuse. You have a credit card. <laughs> and what you get in return is you get support. You get support from Anna. You get love from Anna. You get um, love from the people that you meet. And um, I'm just so happy that I was able to come. So I want to say to you, if you're on the fence, get off the fence. And um, if you're listening to the podcast that tells me that you are interested in newborn photography, you are interested in Anna and you want to know what she's up to, listen to the podcast and take my word for it. <laughs> I am now hiring Angie as my new PR. <laughs> we love Angie. It goes to show you, I know you talked about you're, you know, older, um, but you know what? I'm older as well. And I think that what's great about photography in general is I think you can do it at any age. I mean, Anne Geddes is still holding a camera. Um, you know, you can really do it at any age. And I really think that friendships can be formed at any age. And, you know, you'll read about people, you know, winning Pulitzer Prizes when they're, you know, in their 80s. I mean, you could, there's, I think that age now is very different than it was years ago, which is, which is so fun. Um, the, I will... I agree with you about the online and in person, you know, with COVID, we kind of all had to adjust and go online, right? Now, obviously I've been teaching online for a long time, but I love when my online students I meet in person because, and then I love when my in-person go online because it marries together. I don't think one should be exclusive of the other. I think you can do online, but you should also do in person. And I think that more people need to just get out of their house yeah. Just get out of your house, myself included, yeah. because I'm a homebody. Mm -hmm. I like being home in my pajamas. I'm very content. Um, but I got to tell you, every time I turn that doorknob on my studio, every single time, I just kind of smile because I love it here as well. And getting out of your house and meeting other people and holding newborns and doing what you love is so amazing. And then you're so glad that you put on clothes and got out of your house, mm -hmm. right? Okay, um, so we were any other one that wanted to talk about kind of the loneliness and yes, yeah, support. Yes, um, I'll show the other side a bit because most people talked about the non loneliness. Yes, I got into photography about five years ago, and I didn't really start making good photographer friends until in the last two and a half years. And um, so the beginning was really hard, and I was trying to find my niche and what I liked the most as well, but. Um, I had the personal experience of like, I found a photographer who was local to me and asked her for a location and got a very, very rude response. It was an outdoor location about like, you need to find your own spots. This was mine. Um, like we can claim a mountain or something. But, um, and those responses only made me more hesitant. I'm an introvert and I'm very non-confrontational. And so that response in the beginning gave me, made me even more hesitant to reach out or try to make friends. Um, so it took a long time and it was very lonely. And while I did love the photography aspect and my clients and meeting and holding and snuggling babies. Yeah. So, um, I loved that part of it, but making friends and learning was scary for me. And so it took a while to find my 
friends in the industry. And now that I'm here and farther and fine tuning, I definitely feel more confident in that and more confident in making friends. And I definitely made, you know, nine more friends here, but, um, it was the beginning was lonely for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's the cattiness you were talking about before. Because yeah, I can say I don't have any other photographer friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have my partner that I work with and I've been in the industry for weddings for eight years. And I don't have I know people mm-hmm. that I've worked with, but I don't have any friends that mm-hmm. are in the industry now at you all. Do. That well, in the wedding industry yes. no at way. all. And I think that coming here, one of the reasons we all bonded is because we were all different levels of experience, but we were all open Mm -hmm. to we're here and we're going to learn and we're all willing to help each other. And I think that we feed off of your vibe Mm -hmm. and birds of a feather flock together, right? So Mm -hmm. one of the reasons that we all vibe with you is because we, I'm sure, other than one person, we all did our research and did not want to do the refund button. <laughs> so we all, all knew. she came anyway. She came anyway. She, she couldn't find the refund, refund button. button. There's no refund button. Yes. But we all yes. wanted to be here and we were all open to it and we were all, you know, this is what we wanted. And I'm one of those, I'm one of those people that I won't text you. Like, I don't say I'm a good friend because I won't text. I have friends. My my best friend, I'll go months without talking to her. Mm-hmm. But she knows if she calls me tomorrow mm-hmm. and she's crying, I'm going to be like, where? Shovels in my car. Mm-hmm. How many bodies? Yeah. And yeah. and that's how I feel with any of these ladies. Like, I already told, you know, uh, Olivia, you have a show to do. I will work your booth with you. Mm-hmm. You know, Aww. I'm going to drive four hours out mm-hmm. to Arizona and I'll work mm-hmm. her booth with her. Aww. You know, and she's like, are you serious? And I'm like, dude, you yes. need me to work the front, the back, whatever you need me to do. <laughs> I will work the booth for you. You know, and, I love and that. That's the type of person that I am. I'm not looking to get anything back, but mm-hmm. I'm a good friend. I just don't make a lot of them because I keep my circle small. Sure. I, I agree with that completely. I keep my circle extremely small as well. And, you know, it's funny, my sister lives in New York and I don't get to see her much, but she's one of those people that whenever you walk in her house, she acts like you saw her yesterday. And she's been like that my whole life. And I have always told her that it's so nice when I see her, she won't go, how come you haven't called me or how come you haven't texted me? She's always, always like extremely happy to see me. And we pick up right where we left off. And that's my wish for not just family, but for friends as well, is that we don't need to talk every day. We're not 12. You know, it's like, I I look at my teenage daughters, you know, 17 and 19, and they have to snap their friends like, you know, every day. But I think as you become grownups, you don't need to do, you know, we don't need to do that every second. So it's, it's nice that when you have people in your life that are friendships that you can reach out, um, you know, I had a situation a few months ago with a photographer who we kind of had a little bit of a falling out, nothing extreme, but we just weren't really speaking. Um, and I had a situation where I left. Uh, I don't know if I've shared this story before on the podcast. I have not, have I? I left my laptop with two solid state drives and all of the existing cards that I had. And I left the my entire life in a restaurant at JFK Airport. 
And I was super tired. We were traveling late. I was with Alex and my daughter, Ava. And when we landed in LAX at 3 a.m., our driver came and he's like, you have everything. And Alex and Ava said, yes. And he looked at me and I said, no, I don't have my laptop. And I was convinced I had left it on the plane. Convinced. Called JetBlue, made their crew come down, made them look. Convinced it had been underneath my seat on the plane, along with a blanket that I thought I had. And they assured me that there was no bag, that they checked my aisle, and they assured me there was no bag on that plane. And in my 22 years career, I have never sobbed like I did sitting on that baggage terminal in JFK, right, Alex? It was horrible. My daughter sat and my driver and Alex and watched me sob uncontrollably. On the way home, we were doing everything we could to call JetBlue and Alex is calling and I'm looking online and we're, you know, doing the whole lost claim thing and trying to figure what out what we're going to do. And I was extremely worried that I had images of people on my drive that if they were to get out, I would be in a lot of trouble um, because of the personalities that were involved and celebrity clients. And I was devastated. And I got home and I remember it was 5.30 in the morning and I'm laying in bed just sobbing. And all of a sudden, a name popped in my head. Her name's Michelle. And Michelle, if you're listening, you know I love you. Her name popped up, call Michelle. I had not spoken to her in about three years. And I texted her and I said, now it's five o'clock in California, eight o'clock in New York. And I said, I have a problem. She's like, what do you need? Instant response. What do you need? And I explained to her. And in 20 minutes, she was at JFK in her her pajamas, flashing her TSA badge. And I think within an hour, she sent me a photo holding my back. Oh my goodness. Wow. That's awesome. That's the short version. And I was so, so grateful. I still am. I think about it all the time. And I was like, that's, that's what you do. No questions asked. No, we didn't even discuss whatever kept us talk, not talking for a couple of years. She went to the airport. She had worked for Delta during COVID and she had been laid off. And I didn't even know she had a TSA badge. And I, I knew she wasn't working for the airport. And she had done some charity work during COVID. So I actually had reached out to her in COVID because she won awards for working and doling out food and for her charitable contribution um, during COVID. I sent her a message that I was extremely proud of what she had done. She had literally worked day and night for days on end helping her community. And, and I reached out. So it's not that we hadn't talked, but I I did say that I acknowledge it when she won the award in her, her borough. I was super proud of her. So it wasn't that we were not speaking. It wasn't that we were hating on each other, but I certainly wasn't hanging out with her all the time. And she's not even in the newborn photography world anymore. And that's my wish for everybody. That was a horrible moment. 
Hor- I so bad that when we were last in New York last week, we looked at the restaurant. We're like, nope. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going anywhere near this restaurant. I still have PTSD. <laughs> it was so tragic. It could have damaged my my career, actually. I'm getting you some air tags. <laughs> so you can put them in your little pouch where you have your your oh solid God. state drive. I was telling you that yesterday. I'm yes. going to get you some air tags yes. because yes. Yes. I know the computer has to find me, but if the computer's <laughs> off, the air tags will still save you. Oh gosh. I have so many stories of travel. I left my laptop in Tel Aviv uh, through the security and I was by myself, but it was because the assistant that I had in Tel Aviv hit my head with a pole. What? My son had left early and he said, mom, do you need me to stay? And he had, he had a different flight home. And I said, I can fly home by myself from Tel Aviv. It's fine. And he was with his girlfriend and he said, no, mom, I can go. I'll stay. I'll stay. No, it's, it's just a few hours behind you. What could possibly happen? <laughs> he left. I was standing on a ladder, went to change the lights. The assistant who was there had this long pole. They went to change it. I got knocked over the head. Oh, and I guess I had a mild concussion. I don't even remember what happened after that, but I had left my laptop in the security in Tel Aviv and sat down to order food and was waiting for food and when was like, oh, I'll edit while I'm waiting. And I, there's no laptop. Oh, no. And I start crying and nobody's speaking English. Nobody. And I'm like, oh, my God, I don't even know where I am. And this beautiful security man out of nowhere came up to me and said, how can I help you in perfect English? I didn't even know that he was watching me sob at this bar by myself. And I could barely get the words out. And he made a phone call. And within 10 minutes, he said, go over to that desk. And I was like, what do I say? What do I say? I don't even, what do you want me to say over that? He said, just walk over to that desk. And I walked over to that desk and I said, my name is, I'm an American photographer. And they handed me my laptop. Like it just like, yeah, I have stories of stories, but my point is that not to digress too much is that we need people. We need people. I think that many times we think that we don't need people. And when we're building a career and building a life and, and have a common goal for doing things, having a support group around you is very, very important. Okay. So it was a two-part question. Do we even remember what the other part of my question was? Because I don't. (laughs) What was the second part of my question? You asked about friends, right? That was the other loneliness and whatever. And then there was a second part. Oh, I know what it was. I know what it was. Your workflow. No? No, it's loneliness. What were you going to do? And then, yes, we did that. And then I was going to say, okay, so now we've been here. Okay, I got it. Ready? The other part of my question is now you've had this experience. What are you going to do differently when you leave? What are you going to do? We've talked about a couple of things that you're supposed to be doing. Yes. So first I'm going to start and go build my own dream instead of building other people's dream. Ah. I'm going to work for my my own business. I, with the knowledge that Anna taught and I feel so empowered right now that I feel like I have that confidence that... Um, what was the word that we, we talked about the other day? Empowerment? No, like... No. Vulnerability. Vulnerability? No. No, like oh. you just have that... Uh, forget about that. Drive? No, like you feel so high in life, like... Woo. The endorphins. Yes. I just want to go... And go. Just Because go. we have a lot of marketing assignments that we're supposed to be doing. Yes. Yes. That's what I was going to say. I'm going to market my booty off. 
Yes. Um, especially with small businesses in my area, instead yes. of just focusing online, doing more in person. Yeah, because some of the marketing that we've been talking about is, you know, everybody wants to do Google AdWords and pay for ads. And how can I market if I have no money? You don't, you don't need to market. I mean, you don't need to have money, I should say, to market. You don't have to pay for Google AdWords and you don't have to pay for expensive Instagram ads. You can market without ever spending a dime on any ads. Um, one of the things we've talked about over these four days is working with like-minded businesses and reaching out in your community. I think that community outreach, charitable contributions in form of service and working with organizations that you have a passion to help and finding other like-minded businesses in which you have the same clientele that you can partner and market with are everything. It's how I built my business. But too many times we just want to stay behind social media. We think if we just post the right video on Instagram, it'll go viral. If we just do the right TikTok dance, everybody will know my name. If we just create the right, you know, Facebook post on vir- that goes viral, everyone will know who I am. And, and going viral, anyone that's gone viral, you'll see that it's not a way to make your business um, be a sustainable business. Maybe people will know your name for like three seconds and that's about it. Uh, but in the newborn photography world, you need to build a consistent brand and do the work, right? We need to just get go get out there and do the work. We talked about some of the dream sessions that I asked you to do, going out and just creating work. Photographers say all the time, how do I get business? How do I build the business? How do I make money? You've got to go out and create, right? Like immediately, you guys have hundreds of images from this weekend that you can spend the next year marketing them, but you've got to get out out of your house, in your car, go meet other like-minded businesses, put your face out in the crowd, put your face behind social media and get to work. And you need to hustle. You need to hustle like there's no tomorrow, right? Yes. I had done six newborns previous to the workshop um, and I had not put myself out there because I'm kind of a perfectionist and I didn't feel comfortable not having all the skills needed. So I think first I'm going to practice, 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 and then I'm going to utilize social media that I know Anna had talked about, but I had thought about like, for instance, LinkedIn, what it was capable of like 10 years ago, not what it does today. So making sure that my social media is, is up to date and consistent. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I'm going to actually practice with Real live babies. Yes. Because that was my thing is I know how to work a camera. I know how to pose adults. No problem since I've been doing weddings for so long. But I was always hesitant to touch the babies because I'm like, I'm going to break them and then I can't replace them. Mm-hmm. And I don't have any. So it's not like I have any experience. Mm-hmm. And even when my sister came over to do her baby, that was her first baby. And mm-hmm special because it took her forever to actually have it. So she was like, don't touch him. I'll move him. Mm -hmm. So I didn't even get hands on. But after doing your other courses and being here for the last four days, I'm I like today's baby. I she moved and I moved her head and fixed it and felt comfortable touching it. And I wasn't going to break her. Yes. So I'm going to go practice with babies and have sessions Actually, and I bought a bunch of stuff while I was here. I spent way too much money, but that's fine. So I have a bunch of stuff to go practice with Mm -hmm. and create Mm -hmm. and 
the ideas that you gave us of just, you know, using a flower that you found on Hobby Lobby and ripping it apart and putting it together mm -hmm. to make something mm -hmm. bigger. You don't have to have a bunch of money Correct. to Correct. create different sets and different things. So that's mm. what I'm going to be doing. Correct. You are creators. And anyone listening to this podcast, what's so amazing about our life is we have the power to create anything we allow our mind to create, right? And so we're always getting in our own way. We're always bringing up excuses. I can't, I'm too busy. I don't have time. I don't have money. You know, it's, it's too boring. Nobody will like it. And we self-sabotage our own selves, our own journeys. I don't know why we do that. Why we put up roadblocks. If it's a defense mechanism, it's because that there's too much fear holding us back. And what if, what if, what if, and I ask photographers all the time, what if you couldn't do this tomorrow? I don't want to live with regret. I don't want to have regret and say, I wish I would have done this then. And I don't feel like I'm a person who really lives with regret. I say what I want to say and I do what I want to do because the, the worst thing you can have is being in the end of your days and saying, I wish I would have done this. And so stop worrying about what other people are thinking about you. Stop worrying about um, the repercussions of just allowing to be in your own creative self and understand that you are a creator and the greatest gift you can give yourself and your children and the people around you is to create, is to create, right? So with that being said, we're going to wrap this up because it's been a long four days and people need to get home and back to their families and, and continue on with their lives. I'm going to go around the room really quickly and I'm going to ask you, because whenever I end a podcast, I always say, you know, I want you to be you know, tomorrow is another day. We can be a little bit better than yesterday. You know, when we learn better, we do better. We don't want to beat ourselves up because we're in constant growth, right? We should be in constant growth. We should look back at our work and go, oh my God, what was I thinking? Because then we have room for improvement where no one's going to wake up and be like, I'm so flipping amazing that I don't ever need to work hard. I think competition is good because it forces us to get up and do something differently. If there was no competition, there would be no reason to try anything new, right? So I think competition is good. I think it forces you to think a little bit differently, but I'm gonna go and I'm gonna ask each one of you a different question. They have no idea what I'm gonna ask them. <laughs> and if you hear a little beautiful girl's voice in the background, one of our students, Hero, who is going to Thailand, her beautiful three-year-old daughter is here today in our studio. She's been with us, bless her heart, since nine o'clock this morning. She's absolutely beautiful. I'm okay if they hear the pitter-patter in the podcast. It's very real. I brought my children to work uh, for many, many, many years. And I don't mind her pitter-patter in her voice. I think it's actually very endearing. So I'm going to go around the room and I'm going to ask every single one of them a question. Sit down here. Hero's up first. She's wondering where her daughter is and what she's doing. Um, but I'm going to ask each of you a different question, and then we'll wrap up this podcast. And hopefully for those of you listening, hopefully there's something in here that we've said that maybe you needed to hear and will maybe allow you to think a little bit differently than you had before. So, Hero, yes. you are going back to Thailand Yes. You were born in what country? I was born and raised in Japan until I was, 
until I was 14. Okay. And so now you'll be going back to Thailand and continuing to raise your family and build your business, yes. correct? Yes. What correct. is what is your future look like? Uh, what is Who is Hero in five years? Um, in five years, I am going to be a newborn photographer in Bangkok um, who is pretty well known in the Japanese community first. And then, you know, anybody that lives in Bangkok. In five years, I hope that when somebody hears um, about a person looking for a newborn photographer, people will say, go to Hero. So that's the person I want to be in five years. Perfect. Um, this question goes out to Tori, who is getting ready to catch a plane. So Tori, if you had to give any advice to anyone starting newborn photography, whether it's a first career or second career or third career, what would your advice be? Um, I would say the best advice would be, first of all, learn all you can from teachers you trust. Mm. Um, newborn safety posing all of that is is extremely important and you know early in my career and even now i see things on instagram and facebook and it's it makes me cringe because Mm -hmm. it's it's not safe and i've been doing this long enough enough to know that um be sure to have confidence don't compare yourself to anyone else around you i look back at stuff i did 11 years ago and i was like now I say, ooh, did I think that was good? <laughs> but it's interesting to see how far in just a short amount of time mm-hmm. you can grow by mm-hmm. just learning and watching and, mm-hmm. and taking online courses and, mm-hmm. and different things like that. Um, and, and just be patient with yourself. Yeah. So very good advice. I look back at stuff I did last month and I'm like, who did that? I, even now, some stuff I've done two months ago, I'm like, what was I thinking? So it, it, it's a continuing growing process. You're always growing or you should be. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Did you have a good time? I did. Thank you. It was fantastic. And I'm sad to leave all of you. Oh, we wish you a very safe flight. Let us know that you got in on time. I love your smile. Oh, thank you. Yeah, very sweet personality. Thank you. All right, I got a plane to catch. (laughs) Okay, Laura, you're coming from the wedding industry. Okay. Next year, will you do weddings? No. Okay. So next year... What does your business look like? Next year, my business will be maternity and newborn sessions. And and I want to get to a point where I can help others. So I want to go through your certification program. And I want to do your training program because in my full-time job that I have currently, I do a lot of training. And I've been in human resources and risk management for 20 years. And that's part of what I enjoy the most is training. So in, I know you said it next year, but in five years, I want to be a full-time photographer. I want to quit my full-time job. I don't want to have to be doing that anymore. I want to have a studio and I want to be traveling because I've always wanted to travel and teach. Awesome. And I want to be able to help people 
and do my travels with people that I'm helping. Awesome. Perfect. Angie, Angie has a beautiful skill that she shared with us for painting. You were an oil painter and digital? Did you do oils before or what type of medium I, did you do? I've um, painted in oils, mm-hmm. char- uh, drawn with charcoal, pencil mm-hmm. uh, since I was a child. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I need to have something in addition to uh, being a newborn photographer and maternity photographer mm-hmm. to stand out um, a little bit more in the competition. There are a lot of newborn photographers in my area. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to add that creative twist to some of my images. Mm-hmm. And I am planning on starting right away next week with getting my material <laughs> together, newborn and, and maternity. Um, I really need to hold some babies in my arms again. I really do have that desire to do that really badly. So I'm going to get lots of images of newborns and their moms and have that. And then I'm going to use those and create some magic and tap into what some of those mothers would love to have to hang on their walls. Awesome. She has beautiful work as a digital artist. Um, and so I always, you know, envy that because I can't draw a stick figure and all of my children can draw and paint like I've never seen before. I'm not sure where it came from. It did not come from me. So I think it is amazing. Your digital painting that I saw is absolutely breathtaking. So I think that is a great little niche that you have and you are a retired RN. Yes. yes. So you have lots of experience with babies and so your comfort zone with babies is probably there right more than yeah, some of us yeah, right and I've had four children too. and you've had four children so you're very very comfortable um and now it's time to just get out there and do do what you love to do so I can't wait to watch the process because I know it's going to be amazing and I can't thank you enough Anna Angie you're very welcome very welcome okay um Olivia 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 has two darling children that were in our studio and your little boy is five. Yes. Yes. And you have a little girl who's three. Yeah. And her little boy came in wearing earrings and I took one look at him and I just wanted to scoop him up in my arms and take him home. Beautiful children. Thank you. Inside now. I talked about previous, my struggles of raising, you know, a creative boy in a world where boys should be playing sports and be doing all the things that boys do. And, you know, I have a boy who loves arts and who loves sports, who, you know, loves the color orange as much as he loves the color blue. And when he was younger, it was a challenge raising him in an industry that, likes to pigeonhole boys. So when your little boy came in, I was completely overwhelmed because it showed me that I could get emotional just saying it, that the love and the acceptance that you've given him without question, without hesitation is what I wish for every parent and every person in the world. And I say this from the bottom of my heart because parenting is not easy, number one. And raising children who are creative and amazing and independent isn't easy, which to me is all children. But 
our job is to raise them without question, right? And because they need to be who they were born to be. I have no idea who these children are going to be, but I certainly hope I can watch them grow. So I want to, from one mother to another, I want to say well done. Thank you. You're very welcome. What is your wish as you raise them and grow into your own business? What do you see yourself as a woman, as a mother, what what if you were to leave your legacy behind? What is it that Olivia really wants to bring to this world? I want to show my children that focusing on myself is not a bad thing because while motherhood is the most important thing to me and motherhood for me was not an easy journey to get to, I and I love it more than anything. I also still have my love myself and I still want to be happy outside of motherhood. And so I hope that my children will watch me growing in my business and see that it takes hustle and hard work and blood, sweat and tears, Mm -hmm. but that they can do it too. And that and know that I will always be by their side in Mm -hmm. whatever it is that they want to do. And for right now, that means sometimes bringing my five-year-old to the studio with me who and he loves tossing maternity gowns for me (laughs) and sometimes it means sitting on the floor and playing baby dolls yeah um but i just hope that they see me and know that they can that they should take care of themselves first Mm -hmm. and that i will always be on their side yes perfect okay ye my dear ye I'm going to say something. Are you ready for it? Yes. Okay. So Yi said pretty early on in the weekend that she was in a gay relationship and that she didn't want to have children, but she wanted to be a newborn photographer. And she was very vulnerable with us. And as we were talking about marketing, you were the one that I I thought, oh, she can leave here and the market that she can enter is going to open up and swallow her whole tenfold in the LGBTQ community and reaching out to same-sex mothers and same-sex fathers and partners and and people that struggle to conceive or, you know, welcome, you know, a new, whether it's a struggle or not. And you wanted to reach out to that community because of what it's what you're comfortable in. And the minute we started talking about that, I thought, oh, what a life force you're going to be because you've allowed yourself to be vulnerable and you've allowed yourself to be open to learning the knowledge that you need to have the tools that you need to go do the work that you want to do. And watching you over these four days, I feel like I've watched a flower bloom. You came in maybe with your little judgment. Your your flower was closed. A lot of judgment. A lot of judgment. <laughs> there were no refund. But now you're leaving and you're like an open blossom flower. And you've met supportive friends and you found this is a safe place and you've done the work. You have gorgeous images. And 
I think that you can confidently leave here and go create an amazing job for yourself. And I want to look at you years from now and I just want to smile. I just want to smile because I want to see your award-winning images and I want to see that the difference that you're going to make. And I want to just smile saying, I'm so glad that I met her when I did. So thank you for coming, even with judgment. (laughs) Thank you for opening yourself up and being vulnerable and being honest and (laughs) being truthful because that's not easy to do. You know, we're with many different religions and cultures and beliefs. And I always say that at the end of the day, love is love and it doesn't really matter to me. And and if we could all exercise that, I think we would have a different world that we would live in. And so I hope you know that you have a good support team behind you. Any thoughts that you want to leave? Um, I am not really openly gay, actually. Do you want I, me to cut no, this wait, out? No, I am, let me rephrase. Oh I am openly gay in United States. Oh. <laughs> as far as for my I haven't said your last name yet. No, I think it's the perfect. Oh my God. Are we cutting this? Are no, we keeping no, this? No, I want you to keep this. Oh my God. Okay, wait, wait. I am openly gay in the US, but oh, yeah, just, I never know there, what's right? going to yes. come out of her mouth. Because, because oh my I was God. born and raised. Yeah, I was born and raised in Malaysia. So I'm pass out. I am open to my mom and my siblings. Okay. And some friends. Okay, wait, but pause. Are we keeping this all in? Yes, I need a moment. Nobody understands English over there. Oh my God. No, no, for real. <laughs> Your face. I'm just like, I don't even know. Is this on the cutting room floor? Is no, this I'm staying in? I'm ready to keep it. I'm literally warm right this now. Is my, no, this is my dream life. Like, I just want to be me. Good. I just good. Yes, I'm whole so spiel glad about being an LGBT that was photographer. Too. Like, I'm not openly gay. <laughs> she spoke for a long time. This is the moment where I said I'm I literally take my sweating. Like you have to wear your Oh no, now she's gonna have to explain the naked <laughs> photos. Please put that in there. Give me- <laughs> I don't even know what we're cutting out and editing no, anymore. I think it's keep, just all can staying. We keep it as is. Okay, forget about. Oh, I'm not, okay, I'm openly gay. Okay, in wait. In, in the, the US. US, and yeah, only because of the conservative of an Asian family is yes. just really hard. But my mom knows. My dad knows. Okay, I am gay. Okay, I am openly gay here. Okay. Just not in Malaysia. <laughs> and I don't care. Thank you for outing me. <laughs> what percentage and of your I, listeners are from Malaysia? I want you to keep everything, please. Now Anna's going to get the, you outed her, how dare you emails. <laughs> I, on that note, thanks for listening. And no, <laughs> Oh my God, we have to get Stephanie home. Okay, so... Um, I am openly gay in the U.S., so we're cool. (laughs) (laughs) That was one of the more tame things that's come out of her mouth this weekend, though. (laughs) Any thoughts that you'd like to leave with our listeners? (laughs) Yes. um... (laughs) You just kind of shut off my creative juice. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so um, 
living half of my life in Malaysia as a gay woman, it wasn't easy, um, especially, you know, um, being a photographer is not an easy, is not even a job in my parents' eyes. And then living here, doing this, living as a full-time gay woman, I guess. <laughs> it sounds like you're doing it for 40 hours a week, yeah, Monday through Friday. She's like, off on the weekends. It's so only from 8 to 12. It's a four-day work week, but guys. I really have so much to say. And then when you did that, I'm like, Phew, it's gone. I don't think I have anything else okay, to say. Okay, we're, we're going to move on. And if there's anything you want to say before we go. She means um, thank you. <laughs> no, actually, I want to say um, just be yourself, you know. just <laughs> You want to do newborn photography? Do it, you know. Perfect. Learn from, like Tori mentioned, learn from a good teacher um, like Anna. I don't even think she's a teacher. I think she's a leader. Because teacher only teach you things. Anna literally teach you to go within and then find yourself and pursue this career with your own style without being an Anna Brand Jr. Um, it's just like, you know, this is not an easy career, but with the knowledge and really accept like, oh, this is really what, bring me joy mm -hmm. and get the education and just <clears throat> go with it. Yes. Just like being gay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Ashley. We have Ashley and Stephanie left. <laughs> Stephanie's probably going to have her baby during this podcast. <laughs> um, at any moment, her husband's just going to be like, should I meet you at the hospital or what's happening? Uh, Ashley. Oh, Ashley, how do I, where, how do I even, how do I even say what I want to say to you? Okay. So Ashley has two beautiful children. One of them she adopted and then she conceived a baby boy. So she is an adopted mother. And those of you who know me know that my mother passed in October and my mother is the reason that I am here today. So from an adopted child's perspective, I always like to thank people that adopt. And I like to say thank you because it is never an easy decision. Bringing a child into your home that is not your own is a choice. Happiness is a choice. Adoption is a choice. And it's not a choice that many people take lightly. So for making that choice for you and your husband, um, as somebody whose life has been completely changed by a woman who made the same choice, um, I thank you. With that being said, I know the responsibility that it comes with raising a child that you did not give birth to. It doesn't mean that it's not your child. She's every bit of your child. And you shared the story that you were able to successfully nurse her, which is amazing. And to any woman that is listening who is planning to adopt or is in that phase, um, you know, my, my thoughts and prayers are with you. It is a journey and it is a process. And 
you're already an amazing mother and an amazing, you know, wife and person and, and woman and all of that. And you've been a little quiet in this group, um, but not without merit. You've been a huge part of who we are this weekend and you've learned and you've grown. And I know you have a very strong wish that your daughter does not grow up with remorse that you're her mother and that grows up with nothing but fondness and admiration that I share about my mother. So with that being said, um, do you want to, in the professional newborn photography world, is this something that you want to be able to do full time because you are also a nurse? You shared a little bit about you wanted to perhaps help women because you have lactation um, specialty, correct? Mm -hmm. And I'm talking in a language that I don't understand, so I'll let you speak. But you shared briefly the other day about your idea of what you wanted to put out in newborn photography. Can you share that really quickly? So in my area, um, and then Tri-Cities, Washington State, we have only two hospitals and not very much lactation support. Basically, um, if you're in the hospital or for select appointments, we can accommodate and help women. But my idea was to offer um, latch assessments, um, help with breastfeeding, and then combine that with newborn shoots, or it can even be older babies as well. But I think you should go one step farther because I know that a lot of people don't know that if you're an adopted mother, you can still nurse your child. Correct. Yeah. And so just providing that information to not just women who are coming home who need help with the lactating, the, the child they just delivered, but also bringing awareness to women. I've had many clients adopt babies at birth that I don't even think they knew that that was humanly possible. And it's not even just adoptive moms, but um, surrogacy. Yes. So if you're unable to carry your own child, yes. women can still create a milk supply and, and nurse their children too. Yes. I think there definitely needs to be more awareness. And so I mm -hmm. see that as kind of being your ministry and doing that coupled with newborn photography. Do you agree? I yeah. agree. Any closing thoughts that you want to say? <laughs> I'm a pretty quiet person. You are. Um, not really. <laughs> Is that okay? Our little wallflower. Our little wallflower. Are you glad you came? I'm. I'm very glad that I. I came. I enjoyed myself. I. I feel a lot more confident with my skill. I feel like I have a new group of friends that I can bounce ideas off of and, and get the support necessary. And I'm very thankful. So thank you very much. Good. Okay. Last, but certainly not least is Stephanie from San Diego, who was a model for me at my Glamis desert shoot. And she actually did some modelings for us this weekend. You are due when? May 27th. And today is April 19th. And it's a lot for a pregnant woman to leave two children and a husband behind and come at this stage of a pregnancy for four intense days. Hats off to you. I don't know if I would have done that, to be honest with you. And 
to have been this, the model subject behind and to be shooting and on your feet for four days. Mm-hmm. Uh, I commend you. Don't you think that? Yeah. I don't, and I don't, she rocked it. She rocked it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I they got her food wrong every single every time. Every single time. <laughs> she, she was the last one to get food. Um, yeah. Ha- wow. I have a, a new... I, I think you're extremely strong. And I have a new affection for you. I, I don't know many women that would do that. I know many women who would make it an excuse and say, I'm not coming because I'm pregnant. I'm not coming because I have a two and a three-year-old and a husband at home who probably don't want me to leave for four days. So how did you How did you make that decision in your mind? How did you decide to come now while you're pregnant and not having a newborn? Because I know a lot of women who would not do that. For me, when I set my mind to something, I am very, very driven. I want to do the best that I can, be the best that I can possibly in the quickest amount of time. It sometimes isn't the best personality trait, but oftentimes it gets me where I need to be quickly. And in this case, I thought to myself, my husband wasn't really (laughs) fond of me leaving. I'll just admit that and be open about it. Um... I guess what drove me to go was I knew once this baby was going to be here, I was going to have three children. I know I'm, they are my biggest priority. Same thing. I've heard Anna say that multiple times. Your kids are your priority. I knew right now, yes, I'm pregnant. It's exhausting. This four days, it was so exhausting, but I knew I needed to do it now and not later when I have three kids, when I'm going to probably want to take time at home, be with my children. Now I will have the knowledge. I'll be able to slowly take on babies, build up my schedule to what's comfortable with me, and I will be able to focus what I learned in these four days, very intense workshop, and contribute it to my business later. I just felt like it was the the right time to do so. And yet, it was hard on my body, but ultimately, I'm I'm thankful I did it when I did. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I mean, I, I, I was looking at you like, I don't even know how she's still standing. You didn't even really sit that much. No, I didn't. No, I kept thinking she needs to sit and eat and drink. And I kept thinking that. And I don't think I saw you sit more than a few minutes at a time. So very impressed by that. You're Thank extremely you. strong. I know having three under three is not going to be easy. No. <laughs> it's going to make this look like a picnic. Yeah. Um, but as we talked, yeah, I mean, it's take your time building your business. You have a mm-hmm. very, very long career ahead of you. And you can do it with your kids by your side and you don't have to be in a rush. You're a talented photographer, you're a beautiful model and mom. And I think we've all had so much fun with you. You've been very open, willing, and honest and kind. You're all just very kind. And I think, um, I say over and over again, that kindness goes a long way. And I, I like, I like the kindness about you. She came out to Glamis Desert it was 95 degrees and walked the dunes and posed with the arms up and the fabric over and over and over again. Also not easy. And then doing this a few weeks later. Wow. I mean, I don't even know. I feel like I just don't even know. Uh, good things are definitely going to come your way. So thank you. We appreciate you doing that. And uh, whoever's listening, yeah, no excuses because... <laughs> 
<laughs> you can do she's, it. She, you can do it. And she got naked in front of all of she us. She got naked. <laughs> she's absolutely gorgeous. Oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. You'll see lots of photos. Of no Stephanie. excuses. And you'll be collaborating with Angie. We can't wait to see what Angie creates. <laughs> yes, yes. A lot of the photographers have decided that they're going to help each other out, collaborate, work on projects. I think that's my greatest success, to be honest with you. If I can introduce friendships and give you just the courage to go do what you were all born to do, then my job is complete. And I'm so, crossing my fingers that she pops out before the summit. That would be awesome. Yes, she could be our baby model in summit. Yes. That would be a full circle moment. Her husband <laughs> be like, you're going where, when, what, why? <laughs> Why exactly? <laughs> ah, it's just one of those things that unless you're in it, right, it's hard to understand. People mm -hmm. people will go, you're doing what, why, when, where? And it's kind of like when I went to Dubai and back in 48 hours, people were like, wait, what? You did what? Um, but when you're in it and you love it and you love what you do, it's, it's, you just do it. Right? And I think that's the biggest thing for me. That's what's kept me going and, and pushed me to do Glamis and do this four day workshop and be a model again. I love it. It's yeah. so much fun. When you find something that you love, yeah. what's going to stop you? Absolutely. It's so much fun. We have so much fun. Yeah. We have so much fun. I can't wait for this to be my life and not mm. not saying that I don't love my job sure, because sure. it pays the mortgage and I enjoy it, sure. but it's not my love. Sure, sure. When you can just do things like this all the time. That's what we do, right, Alex? <laughs> we do these things all the time. And that's why no matter how hard the day is when you build a life that you love, it's, it's amazing. It's times 10, it's times 10. And that's why I'm always telling people, make the jump, change your jobs, move forward in that direction. And you'll get there. I have no doubt in my mind, Laura, that you'll be exactly where you want to be when you want to be. And no doubt with any of you, but you've got to stay focused. You can't keep this high, keep this adrenaline. You keep it, keep it going. And you remind yourself that when things get tough, it's temporary. It's temporary. It's not forever. And there are going to be bad days. There's going to be days that just suck. I'm here to tell you, I have a lot of very, a lot of days that things are not amazing, but I have enough days that are more amazing that outweigh the others. And it's all worth it in the end. So thank you. Thank you for spending four days here. Thank you. Thank you to Alex for doing what he does best, which is supporting me and everybody that comes into my life. I appreciate it more than you'll ever know. And I wish everybody a safe journey home. And go, go do what you're supposed to be doing. We love you, Anna. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. Good job, you guys. Woo, woo, woo. That wasn't so bad. You did it, right? <laughs> now yeah. we got to talk about pricing. No, I have an idea because you guys are already tired. I'm a P.S. Wait, before wait. you finish. Oh, sorry. P.S. Wait, no, I got to do the closing. I forgot. Wait, wait, but before you finish, P.S. Alex makes the best margaritas. Oh, he so does. you have to come. That is true. Okay, I have to do my closing. Classes. So sorry. Wait, ready? I'm Anna Brandt. Thanks for listening. Did you like this podcast? We would love it if you gave my mom a kind review and reach out to her. To learn more about Anna, visit AnnaBrant.com. You can find out about her education opportunities at AnnaBrantEducation.com.